0: watching the replay, stay, because this is all goodness. I have Vince Warnock coming in from Australia.
1: No, New Zealand. Oh, gotcha. (laughs) Yes. Everyone makes that mistake.
0: (laughs) Welcome to the Fearless and Successful podcast brought to you by Coach D. That is me. And it is designed for change makers just like you. I am an international success and business coach, and I love, love, love supporting you on your journey to ultimate health, happiness, and freedom. I obsess on all things mindset mastery and business strategy that allow you to design the life on your own terms. This podcast will be led through my three Ps, productivity, purpose, and profit, and I will do my best to bring you the industry leaders on these topics. And I am also going to provide you with solo open episodes where I'm going to talk about these three P's. If you are ready to dream big, plan for success, and impact the world, let's get this party started. Edited once we are uh, in, but we are live now, so we're Yay. not
1: going back. <laughs> oh, now I've, got, now I've got an identity crisis. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Vince, it's so amazing to have you on today. Um, it's been a hot minute since we connected on your podcast, which That's is right. Chasing Insights. Yeah. Um, so, my friends, if you're watching the replay, stay, because this is all goodness. I have Vince Warnock coming in from Australia.
1: No, New Zealand. Oh, gotcha. Yes. <laughs> Everyone makes that mistake.
0: <laughs> uh. Okay, thank you so much for joining me for another live show. Um, so tell us what do you do? And how did you start it?
1: <laughs> what do I do? I've got no idea what I do. Nah, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, first of all, Diana, honestly, it has been way too long since you and I have been connected uh, late. Like, catching up with each other. So I'm just selfishly looking forward to this, not for all of you watching it. Seriously, it's just a chance for me and Deanna to catch up, which I love. Um, so me, I, I am a marketing coach. I'm an author. I'm the host of the Chasing the Insights podcast. But essentially, I've been in and out of both entrepreneurship and uh, and the corporate world for most of my career. So I've created and sold a number of companies. I'd just come off the back of selling my largest company, which was a eight-figure exit after three and a half years. So it was a pretty fast turnaround of that business. Uh, and then joined the team at Cigna Insurance and became the chief marketing officer there. So for five years at Cigna, everything on paper was going beautifully. Like, honestly, everything just looked amazing. I was getting the results there. We had doubled the revenue in the time I was there. We had gone from the sixth or seventh, I can never remember which uh, largest insurer to the second largest insurer. And I'd taken online sales from something like two percent of our overall revenue. Everyone said you can't sell insurance online, but you know, especially life insurance. No, no, no. People don't do that. And I was like, ha, 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 I'm a marketer. Hold my beer. Um, and then turned that into one of the biggest chunks of our revenue for the business. So was really happy oh with that. Goodness. I also published my first book while I was there. I was getting the awards, getting the accolades. I was recognized by Adobe as one of the top fifty marketers in the world everything looked amazing and yet i'm sitting in my office going why do i feel miserable why do i feel so unfulfilled and that's when i realized i was being called to the next kind of phase of my life and literally this was um end of 2019 had some very awkward conversations with my ceo over christmas going i think it's time for me to move on and she's like like hell Um, i'm like no no i need to move on i'm going to focus on writing my next book and that was my whole goal was just focus on writing a book that i'm writing at the moment um so left there in january 2020 so that was my foray into full-time authorship except i got bored after about a week and then went okay now i'm writing two books i I think i've got four books being published this year another three books being published next year i just love writing launched my podcast but then in amongst all that Diana, of course COVID happened and a lot of the businesses that i was talking to around my book and, and dealing with and interviewing things they all basically said we can't help you anymore. We're freaking out, man. We've got no income coming in, no revenue coming in whatsoever. We've got all the same overheads. We don't even know if we're going to exist in a couple of months time, which when you love entrepreneurship and entrepreneurship is one of uh, the things I'm so passionate about. I love entrepreneurs. They're a special breed of people. But when you hear that, it is genuinely heartbreaking. And these were some amazing people. and I. I turned to my wife and she goes, "You, you can't let it go, can you?" I went, "No." Nah. And she goes, "You're going to have to help, aren't you?" Yeah. And I, so I came alongside them oh and said, God. "Look, can you let me? Chill. Can you? Yeah. Can you let me come alongside you and see what I can do?" And all of them said yes, which was awesome. And in that, it was like, man, I, like honestly, never. We didn't have a single casualty through all of that. Um, COVID, all of the lockdown and everything. We managed to turn them all around into profitable, even uh, doubled the revenue of three of the businesses. And one of them, my little darlings, these two, uh, I hate to say this, two little old ladies from Melbourne. They're going to kill me for saying that. But honestly, they didn't even realize what they were sitting on. They had this business there that they thought was a boutique niche business. But when I came alongside them and said, let's see what we can do online. Let's put your products online for starters. Let's replicate the community aspect. Like what elements that really resonate with your audience? Can we actually put into this new era? And as soon as we did that, they tripled their revenue. We are like, oh man, this is awesome. Wow. And that's that's when I was literally sitting in the office going, what is this strange bubbly feeling on the inside? I don't know what's happening here. I was, oh, I feel fulfilled. Ah, So that was the next phase of my career. And honestly, I'm having so much fun. I'm just getting to work with incredible entrepreneurs, um, launch my group program as a result of that as well. So I get to scale the work that I do. Uh, and get to meet awesome people like you diana of course around the world so yeah I, I it's that point where you're sitting there going why didn't i do this like five years ago you moron this you're going to be doing this forever it's awesome yeah.
0: right right i love what you're saying and, and the the part that you said like bubbly feeling that's the fulfillment yeah. i love that because i don't think that i don't know about you but i never met someone who is in a gob and they have fun and they feel I don't,
1: yeah. I don't know a person. Uh, same, same. I the, mean, they, they probably do exist out there, but they're they're under a rock somewhere. We've never met them.
0: <laughs> yeah, because it's like, it's, and it's not about the, the, I don't think it's about the finances or money. No. Like, yeah, of course, you, when you're an entrepreneur, but it's actually the, for the self-expression. And it's yeah. also for utilizing what you're good at in your free capacity, right? Yeah.
1: Well, you're essentially serving somebody else's dream, somebody else's vision, aren't you? So so unless, unless that aligns with yours, and I'm sure this does happen, if it fully aligns with who you are and what your vision is, and you are one of those people that are just called to support people, then absolutely go for it. that will be amazing. You will find that fulfillment. But for most of us, we're called to something. We actually have a future that is kind of mapped out for us. So we need to step into that. And you can't do that in a JOB, and you can't do that when you're sitting there um, day after day in an office, pretending to be busy and pretending to work hard uh, because the boss is coming around, and really you just can't wait for you know the end of the day so you can go home and have a whiskey and sit down with the family.
0: Right, and you touched something that I really love to talk about is that, that you have something to give. Yeah. Do you believe, or in your line of work, did you do you believe that everyone has something to give?
1: Absolutely, I really do. Um, I learned Tell this. Me. Uh, Well, I learned this at a kind of young age. So uh, I grew up in an abusive household. I grew up in poverty. Um, I didn't know that you could have a future. I didn't know that there was, you know, basically everything I was surrounded by was oppression and was just pushed out. You know, anybody that we saw on TV or movies, we didn't really know any people that had wealth, but anyone that we saw that had wealth, my family would say, hey, you know, that's, that's people that are different from us. You know, that is people that look down on us, that's people that um, don't deserve what they got, we deserve it, but we never get it, because we never get the opportunities, you know it's a really unhealthy way to v- view wealth and people and all this uh, it wasn't until I was uh, seven years old I remember going to see Star Wars for the first time and I, if you can't I, tell yeah Star I'm a giant Star Wars geek, <laughs> geek but I, I remember I was,
0: just, I was just watching and I was like how many of these Star
1: Wars oh, just Star Wars <laughs> everywhere <laughs> and this is only some of it, I've got another room full of it but but the thing, the oh thing goodness. for me was seeing Luke Skywalker, who was this like farm boy, he was going to amount to nothing. Basically, his life was going to be that world, right? Just looking after moisture evaporators on this farm, and then suddenly he finds out there is a bigger universe out there. He finds out that that he's actually called to something that there is a destiny for him, and essentially he was going to restore, um, you know, restore good to the universe or to the galaxy. So that whole concept was like, I didn't know this was a thing. I like, I was like, wow, like you can actually be something, and. Then, when I was 11 years old, I had an incredible teacher. I'd had pretty crappy teachers up until that point, but 11 years old, I had this really amazing teacher, and he was the first person that I ever felt believed in me. And that sense of being believed in, that sense of hope and of there is potential for me out there, that was an incredible feeling. And that made me want to give that feeling to other people as well. It really wanted me to uh, inspire me to kind of get alongside other people and help them to understand what I had just figured out because this was revolutionary for me, you know? Um, and then as I went through life, because going through a lot in your childhood and going through a lot um, as you grow up, it teaches you something really important, which is empathy. It teaches you, and like we always talk about the fact that people that for have been forgiven much, forgive much. It's the same where people who have gone through much actually can be there for people who are going through things. And this is one of the things I had to learn. I still remember one day sitting down with a friend of mine, And I was moaning. I was having a bit of a, you know, bit of a bitch session, going, "Oh, it's not fair! You know, why does everybody else get all the breaks? And everyone else had families that could teach them about finances and wealth and setting up their own company. And I've got to do the hard yards. And I was because the company I'd set up at the time was failing, and I was going to have to shut it down. I'm like, it's just not fair. And my mate was getting a bit annoyed with me for having this pity party, and he just turned around and said, "You do realise that everything you've gone through counts for something, eh?" And this was like a what moment, you know, I was going, what the heck? And he goes, seriously, everything you've gone through, the good and the bad. And he goes, and don't get me wrong. He said, I would never wish the bad parts of your life on anybody. But all of those things have taught you and made you and shaped you into who you are now. And he goes, and I have to think that person is pretty awesome. And I was like, hang on a minute. I'm actually quite like, I like who I am. I've got many faults, like most of us do. I've got many faults and many things I don't like about myself. But in general, I like who I am. I'm somebody who is always puts himself out there for other people, always looks after other people, always wants the best in people and sees the best in people. I wouldn't have that if I hadn't gone through what I've been through. So that was the moment that made me realize that everybody has potential in them. Everybody has a calling. Everyone has something that they're called to do. And it usually comes from that story what you've been through as a child, what you've been through growing up, the, the challenges you've had, the hardships you've had, the good stuff that you've had, the breakthroughs that you've had, all of these, you're called to take that gift that you've been given, take that thing that's been given to you through your life, and you're called to basically minister that to that to other people, to so be able to give that gift to others so that they can get the breakthrough that you've had. So oh, I feel like I'm on my soapbox right so now. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, so beautiful. I just love this because I think that you know, what you said, if you've gone through something, it has to count for something, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah.
0: And, I, and I love, you know what, what is the first thing when we connected back in December, yeah. um, last year? Yeah. Um, the one thing that I'm really like, you know, the, my, I'm gonna butcher this quote, uh, my Angelou says, like, you know, you will forget what they say, blah, 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 but you will never forget how they make you feel. Yeah. And I still remember the feeling that I had when I, when I went down from your podcast. I was like, this person is so genuinely happy.
1: Oh, and yeah. to
0: circle back to what you just said, like, I think that happiness is a choice and it comes from experiencing unhappiness. Yeah. That you know, sadness, and that, you know, trauma, if you wish, like, and then you choose, hey, I'm better than this. I've gone through this, but this is not
1: what defines me. Oh, my goodness. Yes, totally. I I even think, um, like, I go back to making the decision for one of my previous startups, so common ledger, when I wanted to start that. So my co founder came to me, he's a good friend of mine came to me and said, I think there's this opportunity there. And I went, Okay, let's let's research it, you know, because we both had kids. And we're like, we can't just throw ourselves into something like this and go, hey, we've got no income. Uh-oh. Um, so so I researched for about a year. We we're researching this on and off, just uh, talking to, it was a, a, in the accounting space. It was a high-growth tech startup in the accounting space. So we would talk to accounting firms, talk to accountants, find out what the challenges they had were. And we kind of got to the end of that year and we're like, man, this opportunity is really big. So I remember I sat down with my wife. Like, honestly, my Leanne and I, We can't go to kebab shops anymore because it's for some weird reason. Every time we go and get a kebab and sit down, we make a major life decision. So we we like shy away from that now. Um, But we're sitting there in this kebab shop. And I said to her, look, I really think this has got some legs. You know, she knew knew I'd been researching it for the year and everything. And I said, I think now's the right time to do this. I said, but here's what it means for us. It means I'm going to have to leave my very well-paying job and go six months with no income because that's how long it's going to take us to basically get our seed round. We want to raise a million dollars worth of seed funding. So it's going to take us about six months to do that. And, and she goes, yep, interesting timing. And I said, why is that? And she goes, because she was trained as an early childcare educator and, and she was you know, worked in offices and things like that as well. But she knew she had this calling to be an addictions counselor, to work with people with addictions, because we had come across that right through our life. We've been surrounded by people with addictions and things. And both of us come from a background of that as well. So it was like, okay, you're called to do that. And she goes, and now feels like the right time to actually knuckle down and actually do my study and then come out the other side as an addictions counselor. And I'm going, so I'm leaving my well-paying job and I'm going to do this for six months with no income. You're leaving your well-paying job and basically studying for you know three years, which means no income for you. So we're going to have no income at all for six months. But it was something that my wife said. Leanne turned around to me and she said, yeah, but when have we never landed on our feet? And that's what made me realize two things. Number one, we're in this together, which means we're unstoppable, seriously. Like I always picture bad boys, you know, I've, I've got the gun this oh way. Goodness. She's got it back to mine and she's got a gun up and we're like, yeah, come at us. You know, <laughs> that's how we are as a couple. But um, it also made me realize that Everything we've gone through, every challenge that we've had, we've been married almost 27 years now, and we've had challenges. We've had friends uh, commit suicide and go through addictions and go through all sorts of stuff. We've had family members, you know, extended family members that we've had to deal with things and issues and help them. and All these different things had shaped us into who we are. And I realized that because of all the things that we've gone through, this is nothing. Six months of no income, whoop-de-doo. Like, yes, we've got some savings. We'll churn through those savings. At the end of the day, if this fails, we'll just do something else. We'll just pick ourselves up and do something else. So it built some resilience in us, and it built some tenacity. And sure. we're like, we can't fail. So yeah, so it was it was a it was a pretty amazing moment when we realized what we were saying there.
0: This is so good. I love this for two reasons. For one, because you know that you have a ride or die supporter. Yeah. And you go full in. Like, yeah. I love this. This is so cool. That's why I love like partners in life and business. They are so synced and they are like all in. I, yeah. I'm obsessed with that yeah. and the second thing is like it was scary it was probably scary so here's the yeah. moment this is the moment of our show where we talk about fear and cracking through the fear it was probably a scary moment and yeah. uh, probably like gazillion things that came to your mind and said like no this is crazy this is you know logical like egos kicks in but you chose not to buy into that story Yeah. what was the story apart from, yeah, I have a
1: vision, I have a calling, what was the story that you needed to tell yourself to break from the fear? Yeah, look, I, look the, the fear is very, very real, by the way, and um, one of the things I talk about a lot is imposter syndrome, and this imposter syndrome, I always say imposter syndrome is something I've dealt with through my whole life, but actually it's something that screamed at me for my whole life, like honestly, every major decision, those voices are in the back of my head going, Really, Vince, do you you think that that's you? You know, really, do do you think anyone wants what you have to offer? Do you think anyone cares about you, Vince, or cares about what you have to say? Or, you know, who do you think you are, Vince? All of those normal voices we get as entrepreneurs. And one of the things I had to realize is I had to change the narrative around that. I had to actually realize what imposter syndrome was. And for me, it was coming to the realization that we have two parts of our brain. We have the thinking brain and the observing brain, right? And... What was happening is all these signals were coming from my brain. There was my brain going, hey, Vince, you're outside of your comfort zone right now. You're doing something you've never done before. That is scary. That means you are at risk of being exposed. You're at risk of being judged. You're at risk of of putting yourself out there and failing. So my brain's trying to do everything it can to protect me. So when it says things like, hey, Vince, you're not worthy of this, or Vince, you know, people are going to find out you don't know what you're doing, or you got no idea what you're doing, which by the way, if you're an entrepreneur, we all have no idea what we're doing. That's fine. That's exactly what it should be, you know. So yeah. when your yeah. brain's sending all these signals to you and trying to push you down, all it's doing is it's trying to get you back into the safe space and keep you safe. So that to me, I had to rewire that part of my brain and realize that actually all of those signals just mean one thing. It's just like an alarm clock in my brain that says, hey, guess what, Vince? you're exactly where you need to be right now. You are outside of your comfort zone, which is where uh, breakthrough happens, success happens, um, you know, um, profitability happens, learning happens, growth happens. All of the things that we want as entrepreneurs, they don't happen in your comfort zone. They happen out here where you are pressing through into an area where you've never been before. And as entrepreneurs, that's exactly where we need to be. If you think about it, it doesn't matter what you're building as a business, right? I don't care if you're a... Uh, a wellness coach, and you look around you and you see thousands of other wellness coaches around you. I'm telling you now, even if everything that you teach is the same as all of those people, irrelevant. It is still something completely unique. And the reason for that is you, right? You are the only you. You You're the only person that has gone through your battles, your scars, your learnings, had the, the input put into you, the personality that you have, every little weird thing about you, and I've got many weird things about me, they make you incredibly unique, which means your business doesn't exist uh, has never existed before so when you're outside of your comfort zone building this thing that has never existed guess what you actually are an imposter and that's a good thing it's going hey you've never done this before you're breaking into new territory that technically makes you an imposter and we should embrace that so this is the thing i had to teach myself is embrace imposter syndrome embrace that fear and go yep it's there but it's there to tell me i'm in the right space and then I had to basically surround myself with people that could pick me up. And because honestly, even though I know that and I rewire my brain for that, there are days where you wake up and go, What the hell am I doing? I need to get a real right. job. I need to be an adult. Yeah. Ah. yeah. So, yeah. 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 That's that's why we need coaches. It. Yeah. <laughs> Embrace the imposter. Um, and yourself with people
0: who will help you to move forward. Absolutely. I think these are two. I think this is the success principle because, guess me, I can't even tell you how many times I wake up and I'm just like, what the heck am I doing? <laughs> like, seriously, like, yes. even at this level, when I can say, like, I am a badass, like, I had yeah. some major achievements just in, like, a short amount of time, but I still, like... So it's like be like, oh my god, who are you kidding? <laughs>
1: <laughs> this, this is I, I love the fact that everyone listening to this right now or watching this is just going, Super Yeah, honest. me too. Me too, me too, me too. Super yeah, honest. it's Super. yeah.
0: No, you know what what it is, like people who are so so this is the thing. We who are actually in the arena, yeah always think that we should be up, like outside of the arena. But people who are outside in the arena, they never took they never think that they need to go into an arena. They yeah. think, like, I'm just okay here. I'm going to watch like what everyone <laughs> else is doing. So it's, like, comfort. Like, that's, like, yeah. be an observer. Like, I'm going to just observe. No, you have to get dirty. You have to get messy. Nothing yeah. comes from observing and learning and, like, studying. You can study all the books. You can study all the materials. You can join all the programs, but you have to get dirty and you have to get yeah. into the game.
1: Exactly. Right. And the, the other thing to note, too, is because is, we, we're weird when we're entrepreneurs. Like Honestly, we, we surround ourselves with other entrepreneurs. So we think everyone in the world's an entrepreneur. But guess what? They aren't. It's only a small percentage of the world are entrepreneurs. But the other thing right. we do is we do this weird thing where we compare ourselves to other people. So we look at, you know, I look at other entrepreneurs. I look at your Brian Solis's. I look at your Seth Godins and go, hey, these are the top of the game in marketing. I should be like them. You know, I should be like these people. Now, there's a problem with that. There's two problems with that. In fact, one of them is you're measuring yourself based on where you aren't, like where you are not, which means you're always looking at this gap and feeling that sense of failure or non-achievement rather than going, let's look at where I've come from and actually look at where I am now. And that in itself, like you said, you know, D, you are an absolute badass. You know, if you look at where you've come from or where you are now, to be like, you should get a really big head and walk around and go, that's right. I'm D, and look how awesome I am. I should be doing the same. I'm Vince. Boom. I walk in the room. Everybody, I'm here. You can all <laughs> relax now. Um, but we don't, of course, because we're humble. Um, but we should be measuring ourselves based on where we're not. The other challenge we've got yeah. with this is we look at these other people, and we understand that they're, they're like the success that we're looking at there, like our view of that person isn't necessarily that person. It's our interpretation of it. And what I mean by that yes. is I, I remember when yes. I published my first book, Right When I published my first book, I it would have been a huge achievement. And I was like, right, okay, I should be really proud of this moment. Somebody said to me, don't do a book launch, Vince. Nobody does book launches anymore. You know, no one turns up to them. I'm like, ha, ha, ha. I'm a marketer. Here, hold my whiskey this time. Hold my whiskey, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. Got 100 people together, back when we could meet face-to-face. Got 100 people together in a room. Uh, it was an incredible atmosphere. Honestly, I had such a blast there. You know, I had all these copies of my books. I was signing copies, I was telling people the story. I'd rationalised in my brain and thought, why would people want my autograph? You know, essentially, I'm I'm not a celebrity. I'm barely an average karaoke singer, although I love karaoke. Um, so, barely an average karaoke singer. I'm not an entertainer. I'm not anything like that. My my signature. I don't understand why people want it. But then I could rationalise that and go, well. If I go to a book launch, that's exactly what I want. It's, it's a special moment. You're celebrating with that person. You were there, which actually is kind of cool. I've got heaps of signed books behind me and there from different book launches I've gone to. So of course you're going to want that. So I've got this. I've got, I bought myself a fancy pen. I'm going to turn up there and I'm like, ah, here we go. I'm going to sign all of these books. Except I didn't predict another thing that was going to happen, which is every time I gave people a copy of the book, they were like, oh my goodness, I can't wait to read this. And that exposed me. That made me feel like, oh, hang on a minute. Like they're going to read this book and they're going to think, who do you think you are, Vince? Like, what makes you think you've got the right to read a book, or to write a oh, book, wow. you know? Um, or they're going to read it and go, oh, amateur hour. I kind of went through this negative spiral and I did the worst thing possible the next day. Like, I, I left there. We had like 100 people there. So I was buzzing. As an extrovert, I'm like, hello, happy place. But I left there and I couldn't sleep because these conversations were going over and over in my head. Imposter syndrome kind of dug yeah. its claws into me. And the next morning, I thought, I don't really want to talk about my book anymore. Um, so I turned down interviews with Forbes, with CIO Magazine, and Diginomica. All three of them wanted to do a big expose on the book and on me. And I went, oh, sorry, guys. I'm, I'm way too busy. I'm chief marketing officer at Signer, And we got all these big projects, which was all lies. I mean, we were very, really busy. But I could have made the time for those. I was just afraid. I was afraid of being exposed. So I just went quiet. And about two weeks later, one of my mentors called me up. And he never calls, by the way. He just called out of the blue and he said, hey, just checking in, how's the book sales going? I said, oh, really good. I told him the numbers. He was like, oh, that's actually really good. And I said, yeah. And he goes, I haven't seen you out there vids. No press, no social media, nothing. It's like you've gone under under a rock or into a shell. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm just relying on word of mouth. I'm really busy at the moment, blah, blah, blah. And he just goes, yeah, I'm just gonna stop you there. I'm just gonna call you on that. He said, that's just BS. He goes, let me tell you exactly what I go through every time I publish a book. Now, this, this person is an eight times Wall Street, uh, Wall Street Journal bestselling author, right? This is somebody who I'm like, oh, you know, he's amazing, I'm not worthy, can't believe he's my mentor kind of thing. And he took me through the journey he goes through every single time he writes a book, and guess what? It was exactly what I had just gone through. And that's what made me realize that we put all these people up on a pedestal. We think that they've got it all sorted. Their life is so perfect. I want to be like them. I want to be marketing like them. I want to be entrepreneur like them, whatever. But it's our interpretation. They are just as much of a hot mess as all of us. They are just as flawed, just as insecure, just as afraid, just as as under fear as every one of us as well.
0: Oh, so good. I love this. And, and you know what, And I'm going to say hi to Sheldon because he's also, thank you, Sheldon. Hey, Sheldon. <laughs> Great interview. Sheldon is actually on the water as well and the speaker. So that's, he came into the right spot. Uh-huh. So I want to talk about regret. So I want to talk about what you said, like, so I didn't put myself out there. Do yep. you have any regrets for not putting yourself out there? And now when you know that, what because now you're out there in the arena, yeah. you're you know what visibility actually makes me how do you actually make sure that you are not holding yourself
1: back okay um that's a really good question i i don't have regrets in the sense that obviously that was a dumb decision it was a really dumb decision it could have given me huge exposure and visibility but i look at every challenge that we go through every decision we make as a learning opportunity and I literally going through that and then talking to my mentor and realizing that other people go through the same things as me. That was a huge awakening moment for me. I was like, oh, my goodness. Hey, I didn't realize this about him. But also the process of talking about it with him really did help me. It, was like it gave me perspective. And I thought, this is really important. I need to be talking to other people about this. I need to be actually spreading the word on this and, and actually keeping the conversation going. Because that's how, when you bring things into the light, that's how you deal with it, you know? Yeah. Um,
0: That's why you need to have
1: a mentor, right? 100%. Right. 100%. Yeah. In fact, just to annoy the accountants, 200%. Yeah. So um, so at that point, I was like, okay, I had made that decision, and that was a really dumb decision. But in making that decision, I can now talk about that, right? I can now talk with other people about that. It has taught me what the process is that I go through when I go through all that self-doubt and that self-sabotage. So knowing what self-sabotage is like means that now I can shed a spotlight on that. I can help other people through that. I can help myself through that. So there, the easy part for me decision-wise going forward, Deanna, is look, if I have another opportunity and someone says, hey, Vince, we want to profile you on Forbes magazine. And by the way, if anyone here is a, a, a writer for Forbes, then you know, just reach out. But if you're a writer for Forbes and they come to me and say, Vince, we want to do a huge expose on you, I will now go, this is part of the and yeah, this is part of my story now, again. And I can come full circle from that and go, you know what? I turned it down back then, but now I'm doing this. And I can help other people to do the same. So it's about continually yeah. thinking this as a story and a journey and stepping into that.
0: Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So basically what you're saying is finding the, the, the learning in everything that you're going yeah. through. Love that. Yeah. Love that. Um, uh, I want to talk about something that we, we – uh, really touch upon and that's like finding what you're good at and finding yeah. hey, Sarah. hey Sarah and finding that that what you what you can bring to the world like we love to call it superpower we love to call it whatever because what, what I think is like for you because you're so honest and I'm not gonna say the word because I, I can't say I can't pronounce the word that's not my superpower English is not my superpower in <laughs> the world don't worry English it's, is it's, barely it's, my,
1: my superpower it's the only language I speak Yeah. <laughs>
0: if natasha is going to listen to me she's going to laugh and she knows that i i struggle with the world uh which is being vulnerable
1: I'm vulnerable yes. <laughs> yeah you,
0: you 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 go and laugh like yeah you can i you have a permission but i i'm a badass and i say yeah. it even if i know that i can't pronounce it but um that's one of the superpowers that you identify that is really yeah. a great superpower to have tell us a little bit about that
1: because yeah, well, you are that.
0: You are embodiment
1: of, of that. Oh, thank you. I, I received that, by the way. <laughs> so it's it's actually a really important um, aspect. So one of the things I've realized, when you're looking at your calling, right? And a lot of people struggle with this. They go, what am I called to do? Um So they start looking at their skills, and that's part of it. They start looking at what they're good at, and that's part of it. But more than that, push that aside. More than that, it's your story. More than that, it's what you've been through in your journey and everything. In that is your calling. You will see themes throughout there. I do a process called the beats method with my, um, with, you know, I coach and I take them through this, this process of identifying their stories. So what we do is we map it out. We call them beats. It's just bullet points of your life. We map out all of these key things that have happened to you. We, we uh, then next to it, you put whether or not you're comfortable sharing it because vulnerability is important as an entrepreneur. It's important as a business owner, as a marketer, all these different things, but there are certain things you shouldn't share at certain times. Okay. So you just got to be comfortable enough to share something. But then we look at what was the learning? What did you learn in that process? What did you feel? What did you learn? And then what shifted as a result of that? So we kind of map all of these things out. And by mapping your journey, you will find the constant themes that happen. And then you'll be able to share those. But the reason that we share those, the reason that that becomes part of your personal brand is really simple. If you think about how the brain works, right? Whenever anyone's making a decision. So, in other words, if someone wants to buy something from you, There are three parts of their brain that get involved in this process, right? So there is the reptilian part of your brain. So that's the part of the brain that is basically keeping you alive. It's the thing that keeps you defensive and, you know, watches out for danger and makes you safe and all those kind of things. So that part of the brain's always looking for, hmm, do I trust this situation? Why should I listen to this person? Am I being taken advantage of here? All those kind of things. So it doesn't make the decision for you, but it will opt you out of a decision if it thinks that there's something wrong there. And then there's two other aspects of your brain. You've got the neocortex, which is the, the logical part of the brain. So that's looking at all of the features and benefits. And you know, when, when anyone wants to work with D, they go down and go, "Yep, she's a complete badass," and oh, no. "Yep, she's so I'm a, skilled." I'm a low-
0: now, we are emotional, so you and I, like, we took yep. quick decisions and we are very emotional.
1: Exactly. Well, this is the thing. Actually, everybody is. And this is the part that they miss as well. Everyone looks at those neocortex reasons. That's why as, as marketers we always and entrepreneurs, we always go, here's my features and benefits. And this is why you should work with me, blah, 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 blah. And it's important, but it's not how they make the decision. It's how they justify the decision. Because the yeah. real decision oh, is always Whoa. made, always made in the limbic system. It's always made in the emotional part of you. And the deepest way you can connect with a potential audience or a potential market is through telling stories, because the limbic system is naturally attuned to stories. In fact, there's a concept, they say, when you're you're telling a story with somebody else, what happens is this concept called neurocoupling. They've actually mapped out the brain of both the storyteller and the person receiving the story, and they see the same areas highlighted at the same time. Which means as you're telling your story, they're living through that story as well. They feel the same emotion as you. They feel the same things. And there's this coupling that happens. So that is the the like factor. You know, we always talk about no like trust. That's the like factor. They feel this deep connection with you. But if you share vulnerability in that story, so you're sharing a personal aspect that happened to you, you're sharing You're open about, your struggles, your weaknesses, all those kind of things as well. When you share that vulnerability, there's a secondary piece that happens. You don't just have that neural coupling. You also have the, the reptilian part of your brain going, hey, wait a minute, this, is, this must be a safe space. They're sharing something vulnerable. Oh, this is a safe, I'm not needed right now. So it goes off and grabs a coffee in the background or something. It's not involved in the decision process because right now it perceives this as a space where you can just receive. So it's super powerful as entrepreneurs, like seriously. It's why bringing your story into your personal brand or your personal brand into your professional brand is absolutely key as an entrepreneur.
0: I love that. And I'm going to try to just like soak in everything. And I'm, I'm not even going to pretend that I, that I can, you know, captivate what you just said, because it, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to try. So I'm going to say, guys, okay. nice. you know, everything that you, you're doing has to have a component of you.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. You, the real you, Yeah.
0: the real you. So the more real you can be, the better you can connect with
1: your people. Yeah, and this is scary too for a lot of people because they th- you battle with a whole pile of mindset issues here because some of us don't actually like ourselves or like, oh, no one would want to connect with it. But I'm telling you now, people don't buy your products because it's a good product. They may, right, some people may, but it's not because it's a good product. It's not because it's got fla- fancy features or it's a flash color or whatever it is or whatever your package looks like. They buy because of you. And I'll give you a good example of this. So um, Like, I look at, I'm a giant nerd, okay? And I I wanted to celebrate the launch of my group program. So every time I launch a new intake, I buy myself a new lightsaber. So I'm like, right, a custom lightsaber. And I remember, the reason I came up with this is I remember seeing this video of this guy with this custom lightsaber and he was dueling with it, like actually using it to smack up against this other guy. And I'm like, (gasps) oh! I could totally picture myself doing that. This is the coolest thing ever. So I was like, right, I'm going to do this. So I looked, and there's a whole pile of different places you can buy them from, a whole pile of different ones. So I set up a spreadsheet. I started to get very logical about this. And I was like, what is the price difference of all of them, the reputation of the company, the, the shipping times, the durability, the size of the blade, the color of the blade? Very important when you're a Star Wars fan, by the way. I always choose green because I'm a, I'm a Jedi master. Um, but you you've got to look at all these different factors, the hilts and all this. But then I realized after doing all of this research, I didn't choose the one that gave the best score on my spreadsheet. I didn't choose the one that had the best look, the best cost, all those kind of things. At the end, I had all used all of this to justify the original decision I've made, which is that first one that I saw that I felt a connection to. I saw that person there and I'm like, I want to be like them. I saw them you know, flailing it around, getting hit a couple of times, going, ah, pretending to die and all these kind of things. That's me. I want to do this. So by feeling that connection with it, I ended up buying the first lightsaber that I'd always looked at. So that's how our decision process happens. And it's scary putting yourself out there. But trust me, people buy from you and you are awesome.
0: Yeah, I love this because it's also like giving you... So I, I think that most of the people that have their genius, when they are not coming out as their their th- authentic self yeah like they are really robbing the someone else to be the, their authentic self right yeah totally because you you connect like you connect this, with this person you connect with the image of this person what they represent right yeah. and you want to not be like them but they actually give you the permission to you be like you
1: yeah yeah, and when
0: you like we as an entrepreneurs, we don't do that. We fail
1: to inspire someone else. That's ah, that's a, again to annoy the accountants. That's a thousand percent percent true. <laughs> I love it, but you're, exa- you're <laughs> exactly you're exactly right. Even and this is the thing too, sharing vulnerability. There's another side effect of that. When you share vulnerability with someone, you're actually giving them permission to be vulnerable in front of you. To lower their defensives, to be vulnerable and have that honest connection and conversation. And when you do that, they are far more likely to buy from you and far more likely to build a connection with you. In fact, when you do it as a brand, and this is that, so not even one to one or face to face, if I'm doing a Facebook Live or like we're doing now, we're sharing this out there, right? As soon as I'm vulnerable in this, I don't know necessarily all the people that are watching this or listening to this, but they are gonna feel like they have a connection to me. It's called a pseudo social relationship. Because I've yeah. shared my vulnerability, you go, I feel like I know Vince, I feel like I want to go and have a beer with him. And by the way, you do because I love going and have a drink with a few people and get to know you. Um, so if anyone ever wants some time with me, it's really simple. Just buy me a beer or buy he me a whiskey. He's in New Zealand. I'm in New Zealand, yes. In New Zealand. Yeah, I was going to say, I'll fly over there, but we can't really do that in this day and age. Um, but, but if uh, you feel that connection with me and you feel like you know me because I've shared that vulnerability, that's a pseudo social relationship. And that's really important. That's like the holy grail as a marketer or as an entrepreneur. Because when people feel right. like they already know you, they like you, they trust you, they're more inclined to want to buy from you.
0: Say for the people in the back. Because I think that uh, people think, like, there are, like, this marketing secrets, the tools, the funnels, the, the templates, the scripts, and all the Frank Kearns tactics. Yep. It's not that.
1: No, no, it's, it's not. It's you. Yeah. It's you. Yeah. This, this is, I'm going to give you, a, like, honestly, this is going to be mind-blowing for most people. But guess what, right? Marketing is actually really easy. It really is. Like the only people that make marketing complex are marketers. And the reason we do that is because we're really insecure. <laughs> and we think that if we make marketing complex, you're all going to respect us more. You're not going to think of us as the coloring in club. You know, you're, you're going to yeah. think that we're really intelligent and really knowledgeable. But actually, it's really easy. That's the secret to marketing. It is being authentic, being yourself, so and making that connection with people. Nice and easy.
0: And I love And I love like and I love this from uh, Donald Miller where he talks about marketing made simple like I really love how he make it really simple you guys you don't need like really you know hot trendy marketing secret you just have to be you you just have to be no like you have to get out there and put yourself out there you stop to stop you have to stop to be secret.
1: <laughs> yes. Stop being a secret. I love that. Yeah. There's no point being a secret. If you're a secret, no one can buy from you. It's really simple. And by the way, I love Donald Miller. I, my, my goal. Yeah, actually, you, you and I both should get Donald Miller on our shows. Because uh, he is absolute legend. I love him to bits. Yeah,
0: let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Yes, uh, my bestie, my bestie that I want to connect you after this um because she's an amazing podcaster yeah she's even a ma- more amazing guest so you should definitely have her on your podcast Chase. of so course nice, yeah. wink, wink. um <laughs> and she's actually a coach uh she's actually a certified coach to donnell miller and i know that she is right now at his summit Yes. So, oh my goodness, I'm so jealous. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> See this is why D and have... I catch up. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry everyone watching this. Forget about us for a moment. We're just having the corner here having a quick conversation. Yeah. <laughs> of course, and yeah.
0: that's what it's all about. Like, you know, this is yeah. building connections. Yeah. You guys, one, knowing what, what you stand for, what you're good at, and connecting with people who have their what they are good at, yeah. and they can support you in that. Yeah, that's what is, you know, we, you and me, we share the same value. We love to crack jokes and we love to have fun.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Right? Yeah.
0: So so that's what it is, like connecting with people who have the same values. That's always going to make a huge difference in yeah. everything.
1: But it also means one other thing to which is really important, because this is where the fear comes from. When we're putting ourselves out there and being vulnerable, part of the fear is a fear of being rejected. And guess what? When you are attracting the right people, you're attracting people with the same values as you, you are going to detract or detract people that aren't right for you. You're going to detract people that don't have the same values as you. For example, I can tell you now, I'm never going to be working with anyone who's into bro marketing. You know, this whole... 10x your results and buy your lamborghini and blah 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 and all this that's not me at all i'm not get- nobody rolex, in that field rolex. and no one in that yeah exactly get your rolex, rolex and whoa uh but nobody in that space is ever going to connect with me no one is ever going to get me to coach them if that's what their goal is i only coach people that have the same values as me which is, is impacting people adding value to people thinking the best of people you know
0: i love that you know what because i think that there is so much and we have a lot of work to do yeah we have a lot of work to do in this area because i think that you know people especially i don't know these young kids they're cool but man i'm gonna smack you like seriously like you get a yeah. call right. you get on a call with with him and he said like yeah i just bought a rolex and i just retired my parents Ugh. like seriously like you know yeah. i have. I, I, can,
1: I can tell you now i can tell you now right because uh, I, I speak to a lot of people like you as well it's usually the younger people and any, any of you young guys watching this, I can tell you now from experience, right? I have created and sold many companies. I, as I said, had an eight-figure exit from my latest company, then went into a job where they pay you an obscene amount of money. In fact, even when I said I was going to resign, uh, I talked to the CEO, and she was like, hang on, do, do you know how much we pay you? And I'm like, yes, I know how much you pay me. Do, do you need a counselor? Do you need a psychologist? Like I, I And I said, look, it's not about the money. And she goes, I don't understand that's it. and that's part of why i'm leaving um but no it you can have all the money in the world and i tell you now if you're not fulfilled that fulfillment feeling doesn't come from a paycheck don't worry i like money i like making money don't get me wrong right i like being able to take my wife around the world when the borders are finally open um i like being able to travel everywhere and see my clients and that but it's not about that it's about that sense of fulfillment that we get that sense of oxytocin release that comes from impacting other people helping other people i can tell you now i i've had moments where um this is Honestly, my wife thinks it's hilarious. Uh, I had a moment, there was there was one day in the in the, my group program where just everyone seemed to have breakthroughs on the same day. And I just had all these DMs coming in from people with these voice messages just going, oh my goodness, I've just signed this amazing client and I'm in tears right now, Vincent. Thank you so much. And it's really, hard. I couldn't believe that I've got the courage to do this. And I had a message from someone else saying that they've pivoted their whole business and that, oh, it was all these messages. And I was, I was sitting, I was in the car waiting to pick up my wife from work i was sitting in the car listening to these messages and i had tears streaming down my face i was just that sense of being able to stand next to somebody that you've helped to stand next to somebody who's had this breakthrough because of what you've been able to contribute to them there is no feeling like that in the world uh although in saying that my wife hops in the car and she goes why are you crying and i was like oh i have to play the messages to you so i played all the messages she goes oh yeah that's cool i went that's cool." And she goes yeah I, I just saved two people's life today and i'm like Ah, damn it. <laughs> I can never compete with her. She literally saves people's life for a living. I'm like, all right, fine. You have better work stories than me. But again, for her, it's that sense of being able to be there for other people. Yes, when you're young, you think that money is everything. I'm telling you now, it is not. And the money comes when you're doing what you're like you're called to do. The money comes. When, in fact, I have this argument often with some of my peers in marketing where they're like, uh, I was talking, I won't name them. I don't want to embarrass them. But um, quite well-known uh, digital marketer. Uh, was going to be on one of my first summits, and uh, I was like, So I said to him, I'll jump on a call with you, and he goes, Why are you jumping on a call? You know who I am. And I'm like, Yeah, come on, man, like jump on a call. And we're talking away, and then he, he found out I was doing the summit for free, and he's like, What? Wait a minute, it's for free. And I said, Oh, don't worry, I've got like a VIP package in there, people can ask access to the videos afterwards, and that, but I really want to make this as accessible as possible to people, and he's like. How many times have I told you, Vince, charge as much as you can up front, then bring them up the value ladder and charge more, charge more, charge more, charge more. And I said, dude, seriously, I am never going to agree with you. I firmly believe in impacting people first. When you give away, like I give away as much as as possible for free. And he's like, no. And I went, yes, because when you do that, the money will follow. When you actually genuinely care about someone, you genuinely care about their success, they will pay you more for that. I said, what you've done is you've created a whole pile of transactions. You've got people that are buying from you in a transactional sense. And then you've got to convince them to go up the value ladder. You've got to convince them to re-sign with you, et cetera. What I'm creating here is a a fan base. I hate the word, but it's like a fan base. It's a bunch of people who, because they know that you believe in them, they know that you're there for them. They know that you've added value to them. They will buy whatever it is that you have to offer. In fact, uh, one of my challenges, D, is because I'm so well known in the marketing industry, Whenever I'm launching a program, I get all these marketers go, Hey, I want to sign up. I'm like, it's not for you. And they're like, Oh, it doesn't matter. I'll join anyway. It's not for you. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but I'm not gonna let you get in there. It's for entrepreneurs. So oh, but I want to launch my own company one day, but you're not there yet. When you're there, come and see me. And they're like, But I just want to buy what you've got. I appreciate it. I love you guys to bits, but keep listening to my podcast, keep blah, blah, blah. So yeah it's so much fun
0: (laughs) it's so cool yeah that's so cool and i love the fulfillment part i really love that because at the end of the the day it is the moments and experiences that you get to live
1: yeah 100 yeah yeah
0: i love that oh my goodness it's been 45 so much more to (laughs) ask you but if there was like one thing that I forgot which I probably did um where do you want to wrap this up where do you want to leave this nugget before we go into the what's next
1: (laughs) oh my goodness okay so one of the things I, I just want to encourage every entrepreneur to do and this is a scary process by the way um I call it my code red protocol But essentially every it doesn't matter where you are with your business right if you're struggling to make sales or you go things aren't quite moving as fast as they did before i want you to do this code red protocol i want you to take a step back i want you to write out all of your different audiences everything about your audience right everything about your prospective customers like break down your icas your personas break them all down to the core aspects of that write those down then what i want you to do is i want you to write down why every one of these personas and that why they would buy what you have to offer and that, I, I guarantee you're going to be writing down every feature, every benefit, all the different things that will happen, blah, blah, blah. You write down all these things. Then I want you to also write down uh, your products and your offerings, right? What it is that you have. And then the Code Red Protocol, we, we break all of those down and we test every assumption in there. Because what I want you to do is I want you to go through all of the reasons why people would buy what you have to offer, all the reasons that people would buy your services, your product, your offering. And I want you to ask yourself, honestly, why would they care? Like seriously, and th- this wow. is what we found is I, I do this with my clients uh, quite regularly where you sit down and they go, I do the best cooking classes, I do the best blah, 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 I do the best this and I go, really, why does anyone care? And I did this recently with my client, she won't mind me sharing this, but she does these online cooking classes and she was launching these adult cooking class programs, which by the way, are so much fun. But I said, I'm going to sign up for this so I can experience it and also so I can learn to cook a few dishes. So I signed up for these and I said, all of your marketing, all of your messaging is around learning a new skill. Right, it's like right. you're going to learn a new skill, you're going to learn this new technique. Also, it's about meal prep. So it's going, and whenever you do these classes, you make more than enough so you can freeze some of these. And she teaches you all the science behind freezing them and that. So that way, I've got some really nice lunches throughout the week. <laughs> uh, I'm spoiled now. Uh, but all of this is in your marketing. But in reality, if I get brutally honest about this, I don't care. I don't care about learning a new skill because guess what? I can pick up the phone and order pizza. I don't care about meal prep. I I live like a minute away from a supermarket. I go down there and buy a meal during the day if I get really bored, you know? Like none of that actually cares for me. That is a byproduct of what you do, but that is not why I would care. I said to her, having done your classes, I can tell you now, the things I care about were it was an experience. It was way more fun than I thought it would be. And I thought it was going to be fun anyway, right? It was so much fun. But more than that, it was a sense of community and belonging and each of us if we get down to our emotional needs like forget about the logical aspect we get down to the emotional aspect of our needs every single one of us wants to feel like we are valuable and we want to feel like we belong because we are we're tribal people right you don't want to be the one that's uh, you know booted out of the tribe because you're not adding value so being a part of a community is really important i said that's the piece that people care about so tweaking her messaging and testing different aspects of that testing those assumptions putting that out there with some new messaging and watching the response you get honestly it's going to be the best thing you ever do for your business
0: oh love that love 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 that and I you've probably also been in programs and courses where you didn't feel that you belong right
1: oh so yeah, yeah you mm-hmm.
0: are hitting the like uh, belong like community support like yeah I I, I honestly feel that that's the that's the thing and yeah. also like you, you can't build that community you as an entrepreneur you cannot build that community if you are not the person that you are generally are because you're gonna attract yeah. people that are right again yeah, yeah you attract who you are love it okay so so what is coming up next for you we're gonna obviously wow. link the the show chasing Insights, so you yeah. should definitely listen to that yeah, you know, your girl D was there. So yeah, definitely listen to that, that
1: episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, look, yeah, the, the podcast, obviously, I mean, the podcast is going game busters. It's so much fun. But the big thing for me at the moment, yeah. the, the doors are actually open for my next intake. So if any of you are entrepreneurs and going, uh, I'm struggling to make leads or I'm struggling to convert leads or all this whole concept you talked about the story, I, I think I really need to be um, bring that to my business. Jump on a call with me now because in, where are we now? A week and a half's time. We're kicking off the next intake of the group program. So jump in there now. Book a free strategy call with me. Uh, I will talk through. I'll give you some clarity on any challenges that you have. And at the end of that, I'll tell you about the program and see if it's a good fit for you. You're a good fit for it. But don't miss out. Honestly, we have so much fun. The, the launch of the last one, I turned up as Boba Fett. I had uh, my Boba Fett helmet on. We had the we had the champagne popping. We had so much fun. Uh, but yeah, So come and join a bunch of crazy entrepreneurs who are going to be your biggest cheerleaders ever.
0: Obviously, if you're a star Star Wars fan, like what are you waiting for? Like book a call now. Like you get out of here. Like seriously. Oh, we but can no, super
1: like, nerd guys. out on Star Wars and Marvel. Seriously. I just I, I will wipe the floor with any of you that think you're a trivia expert in that field. I'm just saying that now, putting what? it out there.
0: Yeah. I have a challenge for you. I have a challenge. <laughs> I am announcing the challenge for you. Okay, okay. Um, so tell us just like why why should they be the great fit
1: for this program why is if you are somebody who genuinely wants to make an impact like i said i don't want any bro marketers in here i don't want anyone that's vague about that if you genuinely want to make an impact and you're like i want to help all these people i'm just struggling with the marketing aspect of that i'm telling you now i will not only help you to bring your story to life I will help you get really confident in being out there. One of my one of my clients that I am so proud of her. honestly, she came into the program going, I'm building this OBM business, right? Online business manager business. She really wanted to help other people to help them succeed with their business. But she was held back by aspects of her story and being afraid of her past and going, well, if people knew about my past, they wouldn't want to do business with me. So I challenged her and said, instead of hiding from that, make it part of your story, make it part of your brand. And in doing so, about a week into the group program, she announced to everyone, hey, guess what? I'm shutting down my OBM business. I'm doing something different now. I'm actually going to be helping people. And she has launched her own podcast. She has She's writing a book. She's doing all of these different things to help as many people as possible. But seeing her step into that and that new level of confidence to the point now where she can go from this you know ultra introverted, super insecure person to now somebody like, D, you could call her up tomorrow and say, hey, would you like to be on my podcast this afternoon? She's like, yep, I'm in. And she would be able to clearly articulate her story, her...
0: Thank you so much, Fearless Soul, for taking the time to jump in today and listen to this episode. I know your time is the most valuable asset, so I don't take this lightly. As a sign of appreciation, I would love to give you free access to my 21-day Mindset Mastery and Business Strategy program. All you need to do is take a screenshot of this episode, and tag me in EG stories. Until next time, dreamer.